This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. All right, now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings Podcast. So, Neil, you've been in Ireland for about eight years now? Yeah. What would you say is your favourite thing about uh, Ireland or living in Ireland? Other than yourself? Other than me, obviously. Um, how creative the insults are. We are good at that, yeah. Uh, kind of our thing. Yeah, I hadn't been here that long. Uh, and someone shouted, you queen-loving gobshite mm-hmm. at me. Classic. <laughs> um, um, what else have I been called? Corgi having bastard. I think that was one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Basically, any play on something to do with the monarchy. Royalist prick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I give it back though, as good as I take it. I mean, the thing about it is, you got to kind of expect it. If you're English in Ireland, yeah, you know, it's it's going to happen. As long as you can have a sense of humor about it and get on with it, you're all right. Yeah. Well. Like I said, I give it as uh, good as I take it. So what we're doing today? So today we're going to cover the um, Strange Ways prison riot. In Manchester? Yes. Um, The thing about this is I started writing this up uh, about a week or so ago. At the same time I was writing, well, just after I started writing this up, we had a riot in Dublin. So it's... um, (laughs) <laughs> Not the nicest um, coincidence, but uh, there you go. It was a bit of strange timing. So yeah, strange ways. You you've heard of it? It's yeah. It's Matt. What do you, what do you yeah? Uh, that Because you know I have. I've I've been on that road. How do I know you've been on that road? Because I told you there's a so across. See, I'm giving insight to the Metropolitan Police here. Yeah. There's a row of shops all along the street opposite the prison. Every single one of them shops. So you go in and it might be uh, a newsagent's, uh, a barber's, um, could be anything. And behind the counter, they'll have a curtain. Go through that curtain and it's counterfeit clothes. Uh, What's this got to do with the riot? Because I've told you about that. So obviously I know where Strangeways is. But I'm talking about the actual riot itself. Not just the prison, not just the fact that the prison exists. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know about the riot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I assumed They went you on were... the roof, didn't they? They did go on the roof, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I assumed you'd know, but it's just depending on how much in detail you know about the riot, which you're going to yeah. find out today. So, Strange Ways Prison, or HM Prison Manchester, uh, it opened in 1868, and it's one of... Britain's biggest and most notorious prisons. Yeah. Yeah, you approve of this message. Oh, I'll you approve agree. that, yeah. <laughs> so, the prison was designed to hold 970 prisoners, okay, and had a staff of 550. And the governor at the time of the riot was Brendan O'Friel. Brendan started his position as the governor in 1986 and he had stated that the conditions at the time were dreadful. Okay. 
So on the 31st of March 1990, Brendan went about his usual duties uh, and he said that he did a walk around, he tasted the meals and he talked to some prisoners. Usual day. Um, He said nobody said anything about any possible trouble that was brewing. Well, they wouldn't... That's what he said. You don't want to be a rat. Well, that's what he said. That's what the governor said, right? Yeah. Conf- yeah, I can believe that 100%. <laughs> How others described it, they said the night before, on the 31st, it was deathly quiet as if people knew something was coming. Yeah, every single person would have. So the next day, 1st of April, around 300 prisoners went to the chapel to attend service. So with the worries that something could possibly happen, um, oh, for fuck's sake. What's up? There's another mistake in my writing. Another typo, okay? So... I wouldn't believe it. I've written here, you know, with the worries something's brewing, yeah? Possibly a shit-down demonstration. (laughs) Possibly what? It's meant to be a sit-down demonstration. I wrote shit-down demonstration. I don't even know what to make of that. Just a bit of the oldest next year coming in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, not not a shit-down. A sit-down demonstration they were worried about taking place. Mm -hmm. They increased the guard presence in the chapel that morning. So they would usually have about eight uh, guards there. And that was increased to 14 and a further seven guards stationed outside of the chapel. Okay? Okay. And they were right to worry, as we know, because we're covering a prison riot. It was a good one as well. Well. (laughs) So after a visiting minister had just delivered the sermon, Reverend Noel Proctor was speaking over the microphone when a prisoner named Paul Taylor stood up and took the microphone from him. And here's the best bit, right? This was all recorded. It was being recorded. I think it was to use for another service. Just, you know, um, like record the sermon or whatever yeah. the fuck. So there is a transcript. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll read it for you now. Is, is it audible anywhere? I didn't find it anywhere. I could only find the transcript. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> here you go. So Noel Proctor, the reverend, he said, well, he tried to say... <laughs> After that remarkable message that has, and at this point, Paul Taylor grabbed the microphone. Paul Taylor says, I would like to say, right, that this man has just talked about blessing of the heart and a hardened heart can be delivered. No, it cannot. Not with resentment, anger and bitterness and hatred being instilled in people. (laughs) Next, there's just general noise in the background over which a prisoner can be heard saying, fuck your system, fuck your rules. (laughs) followed by applause. Noel Proctor says, right lads, sit down, followed by more noise. Noel Proctor, right lads, down, down. Come on, this is no way to carry on in God's house. More noise. A prisoner, fuck your system. More noise. (laughs) Noel Proctor says then, right lads, sit down. This is completely out of order. Sit down. Wait, there's something you need to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Where's, all the, where's all the mank and scouse accents? Uh, look, now, you know, <laughs> one step too far, Neil. 
So yeah, uh, Noel Proctor said, right lads, sit down. This is completely out of order. Sit down. A prisoner then says, why is it? It's been waiting to happen forever. It will never change. Noel Proctor says, come on, this is terrible. More noise, banging, shouting, cheering. Noel Proctor then says, all of you who want to go back to your cells, go to the back of the church, please. A prisoner says, what? You're a fucking hypocrite, you. Noel Proctor says, I'm trying to help you, to keep you. <laughs> a prisoner then says, leave it, mate. <laughs> uh, there's some more noise until the microphone goes dead. So this is where shit really starts to hit the fan. Okay? Not that, off. That, not off. Yeah, it's bad. Okay? Like that kind of gives you a... Uh, a little insight. You can tell immediately it's just, it's getting out of hand. He's trying to calm them. They don't want to fucking hear it. So like I said, the, the governor said he didn't hear of any trouble that was potentially planned. Mm-hmm. But others said you knew something was coming. It was getting bad. Had to. Had yeah. to know. So prior to going to the chapel. If he didn't know, he shouldn't have been in that position. Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about him. You know, because it's two sides, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, prisoners had prepared for this. They had smuggled weapons into the chapel, which were now being drawn. A set of keys were then stolen from an officer. And at this point, officers were evacuating the chapel. So it's getting bad. It's getting aggressive. But with that being said, some of the prisoners did help to get Reverend Proctor as well as some injured prisoners to safety. Yeah. Okay. So there was still a little bit of a humanity there. Well, because it it wasn't about causing chaos. It was, there was wanting a change. It wasn't, it wasn't. You know what I mean? There's absolutely some fair... It absolutely was. No, you, you can't say that completely. It's a riot's a riot. There's obviously a reason for it, but some stuff doesn't need to be done to make a point. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they got the uh, reverend and some of the injured prisoners to safety. But at this point, you know, all hell broke loose. It was out and out chaos. The prisoners were overthrowing the prison. It was fucked. That was the official statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the keys that have been stolen earlier contained a master key <laughs> yeah so the prisoners now had access to all areas of the prison so there were some prisoners like Alan Lord he focused on getting to the kitchen gathering supplies you know getting the food and what have you yeah. you know we're, we're trying to make a point here like we just said we're trying to do something here let's do what we need to do Others just fucking destroyed the gaff. There's just always re- some. Exactly. There's always people who use it as an excuse. Yeah. Another prisoner, John Murray, said he remembered... <laughs> this is funny. Hang on. Okay. She doesn't speak for both of us when she says this is funny. No, it Nothing is. Nothing in this <laughs> is funny. No, no, this bit is funny. This is... Okay. He shouldn't have done it, but it's funny. So another prisoner, John Murray, said he remembered getting drugs from safes. Yeah? Yeah. But he said he couldn't get a high because he was already on such an adrenaline rush from the riot itself. So he just couldn't, it wasn't doing anything for him. Oh, the stuff he was taking was shit. I mean, possibly, but it was just because I like was watching him being interviewed and saying this himself. He's like, I couldn't get high. My adrenaline was peaking too much. (laughs) 
So they'd also set fire to the rotunda and the rotunda was known as the center and basically just connected all the wings of the prison. Okay. So they've gone right to the source to try and burn that shit down. <laughs> that day, the governor, Brendan O'Friel, he actually wasn't at work. And by the time he received a call to let him know what was going on, he thought it was a joke. I mean, remember, this took place on the 1st of April. He genuinely thought it was an April Fool's. And I can't, you know, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake. So footage shows prisoners bursting through the roof, like literally breaking through the roof and ripping the slates off. Yeah. You've seen pictures and everything. You know how bad I've it was. I've seen footage. You've seen footage? Me, me dad were there. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> and the thing is, as intense as this all sounds, it was only a select amount that actually wanted this. Okay? Okay. There's a lot of prisoners who did not want to be involved. Hospital officer Maggie Jones said that there was prisoners screaming for people to come and save them. There's people who were terrified of what was going on. And I understand, yeah, they're locked in here with these fucking people running them up like. Yeah, well, there were some internal stuff going on as well, weren't there? What do you mean? Weren't there like, um, was that from Strange Ways? Where they were like, um, from another wing, there were a group of Muslims and they'd got beef with someone from another wing. I haven't heard about any of this now. I'm thinking of someone completely different. Though. Probably, yeah. Another prison riot. Another prison <laughs> Could have been Criminal Minds. Yeah. <laughs> Law and order. So, yeah, like I said, there was prisoners who were screaming for people to please help them, to please save them. Uh, and at this point, you know, they knew they were fucked. Uh, they thought the best thing to do was to secure the prison so at least no one was escaping from the actual premises. Yeah. It was no good trying to stop them. It was fucked. So the prisoners were up on the roof and they're now ripping slates off and hurling them down at officers. Yeah. One officer recalled seeing another officer be hit by a slate and actually sliced down his face. Uh, coping stones. Do you know what they are? Coping stones? Yeah, I had no fucking clue what they were. I had to look it up when I heard the word. No. Right, so coping stones are basically, um, you know, the big heavy stones. They'll be put on the edge of like buildings uh, to like either finish off a design or something. Uh... <laughs> huh? Okay, so coping stones, right? They're bigger, heavier pieces of stones and they're put on the edge of, like, say, a roof to finish off the roof or um, to protect it from rain, kind of seal it off. But they're big, massive fucking stones. They're huge, right? So they're rocks? No, it's... it's think of, like, a huge tile. Like, it's big. It's, I don't know how to... Like, that type of size there. A slab. Yeah, like it's a massive thing. Like you'd need to hoof it. You get me? They are being flung off as well. So they're heavy as shit. If one of them had hit someone, they could well have died. Like, that'd smash you to fuck. Uh, They would also throw slates at the prisoners who were surrendering. Good. So it was kind of like... No, no, good. (laughs) It was was kind of like, I guess, viewing them as traitors, but... Well, yeah, because the more people who stayed, you know, the the more severe it was. I I understand that. Um, And obviously, some of the things they're fighting for, I 
I'm 100% with them. But you've got to think if you were in that situation and you were seeing seven shades of shite getting knocked out of someone, you thought I could be next just because it's one of those arseholes who are using the riot as an excuse to yeah, yeah. carry on like a prick. So while they were evacuating the surrendering prisoners, there was a category A prisoner, which is the high security, who said to the governor that there were still people locked in the segregation unit, yeah? Mm-hmm. And there had also been a fire set in there. So, panic now. Yeah. What the fuck do we do? So this prisoner, he told the governor, if you give me the key, I will go back in and get them out. Yeah? Mm-hmm. He gave him the key. The governor gave the high security prisoner the key. <laughs> And that's how bad the situation was. It was literally just have to make a decision then and there. How do we do it? And Brendan O'Friel said of the matter, I did not hesitate. Lives come before security. So good man yourself. You're at least like looking out for the people. And when it came to trying to evacuate the prisoners, you got to remember what a fucking shitstorm that was in itself. It was described as like herding, just trying to herd all these people. Yeah. There was just bus after bus after bus and they're just trying to load all the prisoners on. I mean, you're trying to get them safe as well as contained. You know what I mean? So you're trying to evacuate everyone as quickly and as safely as possible, but just imagine the nightmare of trying to keep track of who everyone is and where they're going. You you gotta remember, it's not even like they have like a computer system or like some type of a scanner to scan an ID badge. They're literally grabbing a piece of paper trying to write it. What's your name? What's your number? Yeah. Right, you're going to Hull or wherever the fuck. You know what I mean? So there was a massive concern from the staff regarding trying to get the prisoners out who had been charged with sex offences. Because if you just got their hands on them, no good. Mm-hmm. So they managed to get um, the first group out. They were removed from the prison safely. But there was a second group that were housed in a different area of the prison and they were awaiting their sentencing. But the prisoners got to them before staff did. You know, you know all the prisoners they got out? Mm-hmm. Because, well, I'm saying back then it still is a fucking issue. Prisons were overcrowded. Yes. So where did they fucking take them? Other prisons. But they were already overcrowded. Mm, but this one was. It's just, what can you do? It's There's no kind of... There's nothing they can do. It's literally just, right, ring, ring ahead and go, can you take... Uh, 60 people in. Right, okay. No, we can't. Oh, well, it's a merger. You have to. Grand, okay. Fuck them out. Like, mm. I mean, it's an issue with this. So, yeah, they, the <laughs> the prisoners got to them before the staff did and they were beaten horrifically. I bet they fucking was. Mm. So, there was a story of one sex offender who was dragged out of his cell, thrown over the railing, Landed on, you know, the safety netting they have? Yeah. So they went down, dragged him back up and threw him over again. <laughs> yeah. That actually sounds a bit like, can I quickly tell a story about my granddad? Go on, yeah. So. Hang on, hang on. You're talking about like a sex offender again, you know, beaten horrifically and thrown no, over. And you're, you can I talk about my granddad? They pulled him back up and threw him over again. So yeah. my uncle... When he was a kid, he was walking home from school with his mates and they were like, you know, they were just talking, laughing, joking. And all of a sudden, one of the teachers from their school came out of 
like th- these bushes. What? Yeah. No, listen, it is, it's innocent what he was doing. But, uh, and he shouted at my uncle and said, you, you, you lot making loads of noise and laughing. You scared all the birds away. So this guy, him and his wife was bird watching. Okay. And he smacked me, me uncle. You know, because back then everyone got just everyone kids. got clouded. Yeah. If if you asked why you got hit, you got hit again. You know. So my uncle went back home and told my granddad. Said, you know, Mister Smith, he's up there bird watching and he's just hit me because we were laughing as we were walking by and apparently we scared the birds away. So mm. my granddad, shoes on straight away, walked up. Uh, went up to him and said, did you, did you just hit my lad? And he said, yeah, yes, I did. And he went, right, what's the reason for hitting my lad? And he went, he scared the birds away. So my granddad smacked him. <laughs> this teacher fell in the bushes. <laughs> Fucked. Right. <laughs> so he picked him up by his scruff of the neck, pulled him up and went, I'll ask you again. Why did you hit him? And he went, she scared the birds away. <laughs> Hit him again, he fell off. He picked him back up just to hit him again. Mm. Hit him a third time. He ended up breaking his hand and ended up losing his job because he was a like an Arctic driver, a wagon driver. Okay. But he couldn't, he couldn't with a broken hand. I mean, it, it's not a good story, but the one thing I'll say for it is, like you've just said, you know, it was fairly complex to give a child a smack. Yeah. At least he was like, fuck you, that's my kid. Yeah, like he, he gave harsh wax out but you had to have done something to deserve it yeah i just i just really love how you heard like sex fender getting beaten and you're like oh, tell a story about my granddad no you said <laughs> they threw him off and pulled him back just to throw him over again just, just to clarify he's not a sex offender my granddad yeah. no he fucking wasn't <laughs> Fuck <laughs> <clears throat> right so getting back to the story rest in peace like <laughs> Pour one out. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> You're laughing at my granddad being I'm dead. A, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> my granddad's dead too, you know? I understand. It's terrible. You alright? Yeah. What, now it gets serious because you've got a <laughs> no, dad you, grandparent? You, you, you're the one full serious looking. <laughs> Right, okay, so um, <clears throat> let's get back to it. Okay. Fuck's sake. So to do with the sex offenders, there was also rumours that prisoners had castrated one of them, but as far as I can make out, that's all it is. It's just rumours that were spread around. Okay. They, they did beat them. That did happen. And like I said, the, the story of someone getting thrown over was from a prisoner telling what they witnessed they got off lightly with just a beating i think yeah i mean they could have yeah i mean <laughs> they, the officers were lucky to be able to get the first grouping out safely yeah, yeah you know and and you got to think as well you know when we hear like sex offender it's you know it, it fucking stirs up a lot of anger for a lot of people yeah but from the point of view of you're trusted to protect these people you got to think the fear they had we need to get them out so a lot of drama a lot of adrenaline and a lot of violence 
And that's just the first day. Okay? Yeah. So towards the end of that first day, the prisoners started to relax. Okay? And they just sort of uh, had a party. You like to yeah, party? Yeah, they like sunbathing on the roof. Oh, and... yeah, yeah. So there's footage of the prisoners up on the roof. This is pretty easy to find. Quick Google, look on YouTube and you'll see it. There's documentaries as well. Yeah, there's a few documentaries. Several. That's why I fucking said it plural. I for fuck's sake. So the footage of the prisoners up on the roof, it shows them just acting the Egypt, having a laugh, uh, playing guitar, playing dress up, including uniforms they had found in the prisons. Where the fuck did they get a guitar? I don't know, maybe maybe in the chapel? Fucking chapel? That's a weapon. Yeah, You've not seen wait. the honky-tonk man in wrestling? It, no, I haven't. Oh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Who? Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett? Jarrett? I don't fucking know. He'd smack people with a guitar and all. Right, well, at this stage, they were just using it as an instrument, Neil. Okay. Okay. No, but I'm just saying for the... How's it in a prison? Well, like I said, maybe in the chapel. A little sing song. Hmm. Hmm. Staff from other prisons were now showing up to try and help control the situation. At 8pm, dozens of riot crews entered the prison. So as they entered the prison, the prisoners were just overhead watching them make their way through. Yeah. That's not the most easy feeling, is it? I don't give a shy if you're in full gear. Yeah. But that's something else we need to make clear. I don't, I don't know if this is correct, like for all prisons, but just to, to give the Yanks a bit of insight to the UK prison system. Stop I think the it, fucking Yanks. They are Yanks. What would you call them? You're a queen-loving gobshite. Apparently. <laughs> um, I, think, I think on average it's one prison officer to something. Is it like 100 prisoners? Well, that's going to depend on the prison, isn't it? I'm on about UK prisons, Megan. That's why I said UK prisons. No, it depends on the prisons within the That's UK. That's why I said average. But you, can't, you can't average. You don't know. You're just saying that. You're just plucking <laughs> fingers out of your arse here. Look it up. I bet, I bet I'm right. fucking look it up. You look it up. You're the one who brought it up. Christ. Right. I've heard it somewhere. That. Yeah, but see, this is your problem. <laughs> I've heard it somewhere. And then in your mind, it becomes fact. Heard <laughs> on a TikTok. Yeah. yeah on the tiki, them TikTokers. So yeah, uh, staff from other prisons showed up, uh, riot crews entered the prison, and like I said, as they're making their way through, prisoners are overhead watching them as they're trying to make their way through. But you got to remember at this stage, I mean, the prisoners had access to everywhere. They were now armed. They were, they were tooled up, Neil. Okay? Why did you say it like that to me? What do you mean? They was tooled up, Neil. Well, it's, it's slang, isn't it? I don't know if everyone would know... The term tooled up, would they? Is it, would that be something that's said in America, tooled up? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. They had weapons, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had weapons, right? Armed. They were absolutely armed, completely armed. That's what I've written in my notes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're armed. They'd gone to the kitchen. Uh, obviously, the kitchen had knives. They had attached knives to the end of sticks. I'm guessing, you know, like maybe a mop handle or something. So yeah. they basically had fucking spears. So again, 
think of you coming down. There's people overhead Bayonet. with a fucking what? Bayonet. Yeah. yeah. The, imagine just seeing that of all these people looking down. And you're like, that's a fucking life on a stick. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. So yeah, uh, that attempt to take the prison back was not successful. Day two. Okay. In the Big Brother house. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what this turned into. Yeah. Okay. So by day two, there was about 140 prisoners left. Right. The officer's plan now was to gain access through the chapel. 382 officers in full riot gear were awaiting orders. By 3pm, the police helicopter was in place. They're ready to go. But fearing for their safety, headquarters told them to stand down. Okay? One officer said it was completely demoralising. They said that they had had a chance to get the prison back, but it slipped through their fingers. Which, again, from the point of view of the officers, imagine psyching yourself up, getting into all the gear, and then it's like, nah, lads, I'm only messing. Fuck off home. You're not doing it today. So, with that attempt being unsuccessful, prisoners were back to having the crack, and they were they were kind of looking at this. It was what having the crack, having fun, with each other. having a laugh. No, having the crack, having fun, <laughs> not not having somebody somebody's crack. Okay, Jesus. I mean, they might have been. It's none of my business. Having a laugh. Yeah, laughing about. I'm I'm saying crack because I'm Irish. All right, <laughs> all right. I saw an opening. <laughs> is, that, is there another joke coming from the opening here? Yeah, look at you. Look at you. Pull yourself together. I was going to say I saw an opening and I took it. As yeah. did they. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> right. You good? I'm professional. You set? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Okay. So like I said, they were having the crack Mm. and they're basically uh, looking at this as a victory. Yeah. We've got one over on them again. We're going to celebrate. Okay. Yeah. And by now, the public were kind of getting in on this, right? The public were just sort of using the situation as a day out. They go to the prison. There was people selling T-shirts, selling ice creams, and just there watching the riot take place. Yeah, because majority of public, they were for the prisoners. Yes. Yeah. As far as I know now, yeah, like, uh, it could have been... It's the same way that people were saying, like, all these prisoners did it. No, it was actually a very small amount that yeah. did it, you know? I'll, I'll ask my father. Yeah, there's there's footage, again, of, of people there, like I said, selling T-shirts, ice creams, sat there having, like, a picnic kind of thing. It's yeah. It's mental. So, meanwhile, while everyone's having fun and having a laugh, this thing is great crack, the papers were now reporting that there were 20 dead as a result of the riot. Was there? No. Okay. There was a lot of rumours circulating to do with the riots. So, you know, obviously it was a huge story for the media and they all wanted the story. One reporter said, so he managed to get his car parked through the entrance to the prison. And he said there was no way he was going to move it. You know, understandable. It's the best spot he could get. To the point where the car battery needed charging. Rather than move the car in order to charge it, they just took it out and replaced the battery. 
they were not losing their spot. And in order to get the best shot, reporters and photographers set up in a building directly across from the prison. So basically, it, it just became incredibly easy for prisoners to communicate with the press. Yeah. So they were delighted. But in order to silence the prisoners, and by that I mean it quite literally, authorities blared sirens while the prisoners spoke. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. So they made banners. They were going to be heard regardless. They also had a chalkboard. I, I, I felt like you'd want to comment on that because you're upset about the guitar. Do you want to ask where the chalkboard came from? Well, no, they had, they had classes. Did they? What do you mean, did they? Did they? Of course they fucking did. I don't think you know a lot about strange ways. In pr- no, it's very common in prisons yeah. where they have classrooms. But right, you're going to hear about strange ways and how it actually was for them. Oh yeah. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they made banners and they also had a chalkboard. And in response to the rumors about the amount of deaths, the prisoners held a banner that read "No dead." Here's another good... What, what was wrong? No, it was just... All they were doing was just trying to turn the public against the prisoners. That's all they were doing mm. by making this show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of the papers had to print retractions about it. Like, it, it became a thing. Yeah. Like, it, this wasn't, like, slightly sensationalising. This was... You, you're terrifying. There's people who have families in those prisons and now they're terrified that their brother... Not to mention know, it's fucking slander. Well, yeah. So this bit's... You know, this is just kind of funny. So obviously they want to see what's getting printed in the press and all. So what they did was they got a piece of string and they'd lower it down so someone would get the newspaper and tie it around the newspaper and they would pull it back up so they could read the paper while they're sat on the roof. Okay. So moving on to day three, the prisoners now demanded to speak with the media and have their voices heard. Journalist Michael Unger went to the prison And he was actually the only outsider that went into the prison and was able to fully hear their grievances. I bet he was shitting a brick. (laughs) I bet he was. Well, I mean, it's it's a weird one because like as a person, you'd be like, oh, fuck, this could go bad. But as a journalist, you'd be like, oh, my God, how the fuck am I going to be the one to get this story? This is amazing for my career. Yeah, actually, I don't know if you would be shitting a brick because they want you. It was in their best interest. Yes. To be heard, yeah, Mm. so... So yeah, he spent 12 hours in the prison. He then went back to his office to write the story. And could you imagine, he must have been giddy to get that down. Another incident that took place was when they brought out a hostage onto the roof. Okay, so the man was topless, his hands were bound, and he had a noose around his neck. (laughs) Fucking hell. Mm. Uh, nothing came of that, though. They they brought him out, they sat him on the roof, uh, and then later they just brought him back in. And according to uh, one of the prisoners that was there during the riot, they said some of the hostages were real and some of them were fake. I thought they were fake. Mm. I thought they were staged. They didn't... Uh, so in one of the documentaries I watched, um, when they brought up this situation... He said that about some were real, some were fake, but he didn't say whether that one was real or fake. Okay. So, I don't know. Day five. By day five, there were 26 prisoners remaining. So the bulk have dropped off now. Yeah. We're down to kind of the more core group. 
Uh, they were starting to get desperate to come to some kind of an understanding. The, the officers now, the authorities. Yeah. Officer Peter Hancock recalled talking to Alan Lord. He said that if Alan would just come down to talk, that he had his word, he would let him return to the roof if that's what he wanted. So Alan agreed and he went down to talk to the officer and he basically said, look, you've made your point, let's get this sorted. Yeah? Mm. I'm guessing he was kind of like, fuck, you, you're still not listening to me, you're not hearing it really, you just want to get this over and done with. Yeah. So Alan decided to go back up to the roof and he let him. He went back up, but nothing got sorted. Yeah. Like I said, that was by day five. They're still at an impasse. So I think uh, we've just kind of gone to day five now. And with that, I think we'll um, we'll leave it there for the first part. And we'll be back next week to continue the Strange Way prison riot. What about a fucking oddity? Oh, yeah, we need an oddity. Hang on. You know, it's a good job I'm here. Do you know? You know, all I keep hearing on fucking social media is Megan's accent. I love the Irish accent. Oh, she's so professional and all this. I am absolutely not. You'd have forgot the fucking oddity if it weren't for me. I forget my head if it wasn't screwed on. I fucking hate that. I'm not getting any younger. Mike the Headless Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Here's an oddity for you. You ever heard of Mike the Headless Chicken? No. Okay, so... Back in the 40s, in Colorado, there was a chicken that lived for 18 months after having its head cut off. Now, how does that grab you? There can't be much to this fucking story. Its head's already off. (laughs) It's not doing much. Well, his name was Mike, as I said. and, And he was headless. Okay? Yeah. I think it's a pretty common thing that's said, you know, running around like a chicken with its head cut off. We've all heard that. No, no, that's not the same at all. Running around like a headless chicken is the same. Running around like a <laughs> I, I think it's both. I've heard... No, it's not. 100% I've heard both. Right, I'll put it in the Spotify question thing. Is it running around like a headless chicken or is it running around like a chicken with its head cut off? <laughs> Sake. I 100% I've heard both though I'm not saying you, you're probably right that's probably the actual one but people people take things don't they and they they run with it like a chicken with a tail cut off so anyway uh, we, we've all heard that though yeah yeah and it, it is actually true it does happen happens with it, pigs and all doesn't it I don't know you chop it's a pig's head chi- off it'll still run around for a little bit yeah, so anyway, it, it is true and it does <laughs> It is true and it does happen. But that's usually for a matter of minutes, not eighteen fucking months. Okay. What did it do for eighteen months? It, I'll tell you. So So the farmer was doing his thing and um hit poor old Mike a whack with the hatchet, yeah. But it said that he uh, kicked and ran and didn't stop. Fuck <laughs> Yeah. Right? So he just kept going. So they're like, huh, still going. So they put him in an old box on their porch. And when they got up the next morning, he was still alive. Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing at th- that moment, they're like, what the fuck's going on? Okay, well, we'll half monitor this situation. And yeah, he was still going. So he didn't have a fucking head. So he couldn't like eat properly or anything. 
So my. What do you mean he couldn't eat properly? He couldn't eat at all. <laughs> right. <clears throat> he couldn't eat in the traditional sense. Okay. So what they would do is they would get a syringe and fill it with liquid food, and they would feed him directly into his esophagus. Yeah. Why? What do you mean? Why? Why are they doing this? Because poor old Mike. But he hit him with an hatchet. He wanted him dead. Yeah, but now it's like we can make some money off this. No. I suppose. Yeah. So. Just let it happen, okay? They would feed him, uh, like I said, directly into his esophagus and they would also use a syringe to clear his throat to make sure, you know, no one got stuck because he's, he's, yeah. a, he's a little bit... Because it's open. It's, yeah, it's a little bit of a situation for poor old Mike. Now, in an article from the BBC, they said, you'd be amazed how little brain there is in the front of a chicken's head, okay? Yeah. So this is kind of how it actually happened. Like, in terms of, like, it sounds so shocking, but it's not that. So, yeah, there's a little bit of brain in the front of their head compared to, like, us, right? Reports indicate that Mike's beak, face, eyes, and an ear were removed with the hatchet below. But estimates that there's about 80% of his brain by mass and almost everything that controls the chicken's body, including heart rate, breathing, hunger, and digestion, remained untouched. So, whatever way he hit him, he kind so of... So, it wasn't an headless chicken? I mean, it, it what, like, look at it. Look at a picture of Mike. It's a headless chicken. But obviously, whatever way, it was kind of, it must have just narrowly, it must have been slightly more of a diagonal cut yeah. than straight off. So um, th- that's kind of the reality. Because, you know, you hear headless chicken. Like, so it was, it was A-fed Mike. Um, a- A-fed. A-fed Mike. Yeah, A-fed. <laughs> Mike finally met his dem- demise one night. Okay. Okay. Right. His own No. No, so his owners woke up to the sound of the bird choking. Right? They looked for his syringe and they couldn't find it, and that was it for Mike. He had suffocated. (laughs) They need the syringe to clear his throat. I mean, it takes a sharp turn, doesn't it? You're like, oh Jesus, Mike, eighteen months, headless. Fair play to you. And then it's he choked and they couldn't find a syringe. That was that was the end of him. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Did you enjoy that one? Yeah. Yeah? Can't believe this made it on. Mike the Headless Chicken. You're welcome. But he weren't headless. Well, he mean, had Ethan and Ed. He hey, had all well, his brain were at the do, back. I'll, hang on now. Hang on. Just you wait there. No, I'm having chicken tonight. I don't... No, no, no. What? I'm having chicken tonight. Have I don't something wanna... different. Okay. Is that still its bone sticking out of its head? Well, it, Yeah, that, that's like his neck or whatever. That, like, that's... Looks like a chicken drumstick. Well, that's Mike the Headless Chicken anyway. Um, huh. Oh. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's been there's been worse ones. Um, I'm sure there's been fucking better ones. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Thank you for listening to the Mortal Musings Podcast. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and hearing extra content, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mortal Musings Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Mortal Musings Podcast or email us at mortalmusingspodcast at gmail.com. Mortal Musings.